0: Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode.
1: Welcome back everybody, Money Mondays, we do this every monday
0: we are live mondays 3 30 central oh. it's your host ferris the handsome one is now back and a lot of people <laughs> were complaining and concerned that i was not here i was uh, traveling we're, the past week or two all over yeah. the place vegas where'd you go tampa orlando spoke at conferences Went oh, to NNHC, connected with some friends and brokers and we are back
1: back in the saddle ready to go what are we talking about today man
0: talking about investing out-of-state in apartments.
1: So oh, my gosh. Something a
0: lot of people don't really think about too often. I think they're really not as hard as it seems if you're motivated to do it right.
1: Yes. And I would say it's all about having the team, though, right? So, you know, what I want to preface today's show about, folks, is that everybody wants to invest in their backyard, us included. We're in Houston. We love Houston. We didn't always like Houston, though, right? Houston didn't have as much rent growth back in the day. It is now seeing 20 30% rent pops. So... Um, Uh, We're now a little bit more interested in Houston, but the point being is, is if we were only focused on our backyard, we would have never found a deal. So that forced us, it was a forcing factor to go out and find other opportunities elsewhere. Because trust me, they're all over the nation, right? The, we, we've talked about this on the show though, you gotta find states and submarkets that are tax friendly, business friendly, have population and job growth, right? Those are the four main factors of finding a good opportunity because those will drive rent growth, which will ultimately drive valuations up in the right direction for you. So, you gotta look outside your backyard right? And we live in a pretty big backyard. We got Texas, right? But we still look outside of Texas, right? So why is out-of-state investing beneficial for apartment investors? I'm going to say it allows you to look in other parts of the country that are growing maybe as much as their backyard is, right? You know, and it also allows you to potentially get out of these bidding wars that you're going to see in some of the major markets, right? Here in Houston, obviously, we're the fourth biggest city in the country. We're a primary market. There is a lot of money that's flowing into Houston. Therefore, it is competitive. Back in the day when we got into Atlanta, though, not Not as competitive. competitive.
0: Pricing was great. It It was was easy. It was cheaper. Uh, Uh, These days, a little bit harder. I was in NMAT last week, talked to all the brokers there and... Things. It's a different world out there. It is a
1: different world. You know, I think the one thing that, you know, I, I would probably say is, you know, we, we spent $38,000 a door on our first Atlanta property, right? Same same deal right now would probably be $138,000 a door. So you have to be on the lookout and keeping your ear to the ground because there's other parts of the country where you can really find some meaty deals and rents are still going up across the board, right? So think of it in terms of this, right? If rents are still going up across the board, regardless if it's a secondary and tertiary market, maybe getting it in at a better basis is a good play, right? Now, the one obviously downside is that there's a small talent pool, you know, if you're investing in some of these secondary and tertiary markets, but there's also primary. Atlanta would be, have been considered a primary market even back then, four or five years ago. But we ultimately found a honey hole where we could go and say, hey, this is still an untapped market and there was plenty of growth there. And so we we went all in on Atlanta. Right. But the one thing that I always tell people is, is that there's a lot of benefits of investing out of state, but there's also some drawbacks too. one being, hey, it's a little bit more challenging to get there. So we've talked about this on the show. One of the reasons that we picked Atlanta, not only because it was an awesome market. Right. But why was it?
0: Because price well. I mean, ultimately. Oh, big no, thing. it's
1: because we can get there. Remember well, I mean, we can get there too. Traveling is easy.
0: I tell people it's easy to invest remotely as long as you pick markets that you can get to quickly, right? Yes,
1: and they had, so for everybody that remembers this from this past show, there was 12 flights a day that Southwest did not so Houston. Not so much anymore, but it was great. because we basically like six Take now. a seven,
0: six, you know, really 6.30, 5.30-ish. Yeah. We took some early flights. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a lot of early days. And basically to come back, take a 7 p.m. flight back. You wake up and sleep in your bed.
1: Not oh, a bad day. I mean, yes, a it's a long day. day. But we would go out there, we would spend the whole entire day in Atlanta, we would take the last flight back to Houston, boom, we're sleeping in our own beds, right? So point being is always try to pick a market that you can get there easily, right? If it's going to take you a day and a half to fly there and then drive there or drive and then fly and then it's just this big logistical nightmare, that's going to make it more challenging for you to manage that, right? Because especially when you're buying these deals the first six to 12 months, you should be out there two, three, four times a month. Right now, and that's even with a good property management company and a good general contractor that is actually doing the work, right? You know, because you need to be laying eyes on it. A lot of things are happening that first six to 12 months. And so, if it's logistically challenging for you to get there, or you can't just go live in that market for a while because you got family and other obligations, we get it, right? Then it needs to be easy for you to get there because otherwise, you're going to talk yourself out of it. Oh, it's a big pain in the butt. I got to go to whatever submarket that's challenging to get to, right? So, you've got some benefits, right, because you can find yield and other opportunities outside of your backyard, you know, but there's challenges because sometimes it's hard to get to. And also, the one thing that you have to take into consideration too is you have to have a good team on site, right, so you have to pick your property management company wisely, because. You're gonna have less likelihood of being able just to pop in and see how they're doing when you're living out of state. And so, therefore, you really need to have a great property management company. We had one in Atlanta, they did a good job.
0: And still keep accounting. Yeah. You know, you still have an asset manager, you still monitor, you still have yep. weekly calls. But again, as things happen, you get out there very, very quickly.
1: Absolutely. So, another question that came in before this show do you have any tips for finding good vendors out of state? I'd say you got to ask, you got to ask, you got to ask folks, right? We're all running in similar circles. We all go to the same events, we all are part of the same Facebook and LinkedIn groups. There's people out there that are already investing in XYZ submarket, right? Go out and seek those people out and find out what property management companies are they using. And do they recommend them? What general contractors are they using and do they recommend them, right? you know, I think that that's important for you to go out and solicit referrals because that's the best way for you to determine if this is going to be the good fit or not, right? Ultimately, you need to do your own due diligence. You need to have conversations with them. I encourage you to go out to the markets and actually meet them face to face. Go to their office make sure that they have an office, would probably be the big thing, you know, and and determine, hey, is this gonna be the right fit? Because you're handing over the keys to your kingdom and you wanna make sure you're handing it to the right people. If you hand it off to a third-party property management company that's just gonna muck it up, you're gonna be in a world of hurt. We've seen people just get roasted, even on investing in their own backyards, handing it over to the wrong property management company or the wrong general contractor, and things just ultimately get mucked up very, very quickly. So it's all about soliciting some referrals, going out there, doing your own due diligence, meeting them, asking them the tough questions. And ultimately, when you're out there, say, I want to see three of your properties. And they're going to give you the three, and I want you to go tour them. I want you to make sure that they're presentable, that there's not trash on the ground, that the leasing agent answers all of your questions, and you feel comfortable that if you were to lease at that property, that you know, they're the right fit. You know? So I think that that's the, the, the additional step that people need to take is you know, spend the time. Again, you're you're paying them a lot of money, and they have a fair amount of autonomy on how the asset's going to be run. So you need to ultimately do your due diligence. Boom. All right. So we touched on this a little bit. Another question that came in, what are the risks of investing out of state, and how do you mitigate those risks? Ooh. Risk
0: is ultimately, you know, just what's the word I'm looking for? just get away expenses, get, a, get away management, right? I mean, it's just easy, again, if you're not out there, especially if you're doing a big rehab project, right? The big thing is if you're doing rehab, definitely give some thoughts as to how you're gonna manage that. Yep. Because that is one of the biggest things you kind of need to put eyes on it, right? Yes, you can have your lieutenants, your management company, but you need someone to probably represents you to get out there because I think one of the harder parts of the business is dealing, working through rehabs, right? Yep. Dealing with flaky GCs or flaky vendors, and so that can really block a deal. So I think that's probably, I would say, the biggest risk, right? And you know, ultimately, if you don't have a manager company you can trust, you have bigger problems than, than being out of state or not, right? So yeah, know, I wouldn't say that is a reason to not go out of state.
1: No, agreed. And and, and we talked about you know, obviously having. A good general contractor, having a good management company, right? looking at the logistics. Because again, folks, if you have a problem and you got to get out there and it's going to take you two days to get there, that's a big problem. So there's some risks there. right? I think that ultimately there's always some some level of risk when you're not right around the corner from the asset. But if you want to find deals, especially in this market where it's hyper competitive, there's a lot of money flowing in, there's a lot of people that want to buy multifamily, sorry, you're just not gonna find deals right around the corner. And it doesn't matter even if you're in a Houston market like we are, trust me, we probably see every transaction that's happening in the city are probably 99% of them, okay. right? You know, and we just can't buy them all either. And we're right here and we have a great brand. We should buy be. them all we should because you got 20 or 30% red pops but my point is is that that has again forced us to look outside of Houston and since we had done it with you know places that are outside well, of you know even the state we now feel comfortable going into florida going didn't into the pick carolinas going into
0: seattle or somewhere that's harder to get to right yeah. places that we can get to easily hopefully you know one day trips right direct flights
1: absolutely take life easy. absolutely all right, well, that's what we got, right? You know, so at the end of the day, don't overthink it, folks. Build those relationships with the brokers, right? Start underwriting deals. Go out there and spend a couple days, get a feel for the market, right? You know, is this going to be the right fit for you? Do you see growth, right? You know, the property management companies, even the brokers, will be happy to answer some of your questions. You just don't want to waste their time. But if they see that you're real about actually getting into, say, an Atlanta market, for example, right? You know, they're happy to answer all of your questions and, and kind of steer you in the right direction because they're going to know just being boots on the ground in that market some of the pockets that maybe you should avoid or maybe some of the pockets that might be gentrifying and transitioning into better areas. You need to know that. you got to drive around. So once you pick those markets, start going out there, doing your due diligence and vetting, um, you know, the opportunities you know and then ultimately pull the trigger right you know we're all about taking action uh, you know on the show and i think that it's important for people not to just get caught up in oh i want to invest in this in my city because this is you know i can i can you know go up there and, and you know kick the tires on the deal every single day right and i know people that have done that and i'm going to tell you you're always going to be limited to the amount of deal flow that's happening in that market at any one time and sometimes that's going to that's going to that's going to hamper your growth quite a bit so look outside of your market. Absolutely. Don't be shy about investing in an out-of-state, right? So we had some Q&A come in. I'm sure maybe some folks might have had at least a couple questions, right? Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. I guess maybe everybody, everybody knows about maybe. apartment yeah, investing. I, I know
0: we've had, we're having some technical difficulties, so we okay. apologize for those that could not get their questions in. Okay. But, you know, I guess maybe one thing to tell people, right? We, we kind of mentioned the markets that we're looking at are places that we want to get to easily. Yep. Maybe tell people what they are, right? But we kind of can see that, right? We're in Houston. Nice about Houston is you can get to most of the U.S. pretty easily. Yeah. Right. Yep. But we like the Southeast, so you see we have kind of our Orlando, our Tampa, North Carolina, type of markets, right? Those mm-hmm. are all things that we can get to. Yeah. You know, one day Atlanta just ha- uh, uh, North Carolina just happens to be an- another fifteen minutes of flying after yep. Atlanta, right? You know, and same thing, Orlando, Tampa are very similar time and distance-wise to Atlanta. And so mm-hmm. really picking markets like that, right, but it'll ultimately find markets that have what you can hit return-wise. No, I mean- I, That's I, the most. It's not say I wouldn't do a Seattle, right? Seattle is both far and expensive. Yes. So it's got two thing, things against it. Now, I would do a market that is far if it was very, very- Lucrative. You know, lucrative, right? Yes. But, you know, I tell people, pick-, pick Pick a market that's going to help you perform, right? Yeah, don't be smart don't work about work it, folks. Like, I mean,
1: we happen to be in the middle of the country, so we we do have the, the luxury of logistically being kind of very centered in the United States, so we can eat just as easily go to the West Coast as we can the East Coast. But you know, we have a lot of West Coast friends, and guess where they want to invest in? They want to invest in Phoenix and Tucson and Utah and Boise and all those markets because guess what? They're easy to get to from California, right? Whereas we see a lot of people from New York, they want to invest along the eastern seaboard down to Florida. Again, it's easy for them to get to. So just be smart about it. Right now, if there might be a lucrative play like Ferris has said, that's kind of off the beaten path, you know, as long as it's lucrative enough, we'll do it. No shame, You know, There's no shame, right? Again, it boils down to having the right boots on the ground team. You know, so as long as you have your good property management company, you have a good GC that can ultimately take care of you and perform on what, they're, what you're asking them to do, don't be shy about it, right? So, we had some additional questions come in. How do you build relationships with sponsors, right? You know, it's important for people, you know, to make that connection, even if you're gonna be purely passive, and I've talked about this on, on past shows, right? You gotta get out from beneath or from behind your keyboard. You can build so, only so many relationships, trolling people on webinars and, and you know, maybe even t- tuning in into a show like ours, right? You have to get on the phone or you have to connect with people at conferences, at events, at meetups, right? Because ultimately the more sponsors that you ultimately can connect with and get a good feel with, the more, the more likelihood that you are to find a deal that you're going to like, right? That deal that's in your box, like we've talked about in the past. So it's all about getting out from, you know, behind the keyboard folks, you know, go out to events, Make those phone calls, make those connections, and pass your business cards out. Right, we, we we always get passive investor business cards, and it literally says passive investor on it. I love it. You know, they know what they want to do. They know what they're where where they want to be within this whole business, and they're out there trying to you know make sure that they're on everybody's list so they can look through all the deals that are coming in and make sure that hey, this is going to be the one that I like to invest in. So. That's one thing that I would suggest. Another question that came in, what was the biggest challenge you faced on your first out-of-state multifamily acquisition? I'd say, what challenges did we not face? (laughs) Lender, lender,
0: lender, lender made that. deal. I would say that that was probably
1: the biggest challenge is we had a very, very, um, I'd say lender that wasn't very sponsor friendly, wasn't very business friendly, wasn't very professional. I'm not gonna name their name. But um, if for anybody that wants to know, they can reach out to us personally, I'll, I'll let you know who it is. But they did not make the deal easy. And this was a deal that had a lot of rehab. I think we've even gone on over a case study on this deal, or I, I've done a few one. Case yeah, a few case studies on this one. It's called, it was called Woods of Decatur. And there was down units, there was crime. There was a million dollars in rehab that we had to do on a 99 unit property. There was a lot of things that had to happen. And ultimately, the lender made it challenging every single step of the way. They did not approve our draws. They did not fund us quickly. They were not helpful with questions. They would renege on on things that they had agreed to. It was just a a bad situation, right? You know, so I would say that that was probably the biggest challenge, Absolutely. you know, no for, for no, that no first acquisition. Asked. We had a good property management company, yeah. one that one that uh, we've used to the to this day in Atlanta. And again, if you want suggestions, you can come reach out to us directly. I'll put you in contact with them. They were able to kind of make their way through it. Another challenge. Remember this? I won't mention this guy's name because, but remember we had a we had a pretty big challenge with the general contractor yeah, I knew were out gonna there. Say that. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, this guy had every excuse in the book. Everything happened. You know. And, and then, you know, we came out, we had dinner with him, he took us to a steakhouse, we thought that we had cleared the air and got right back on track, and within a week, the guy started becoming flaky again. It was the most bizarre thing that I'd ever seen. Um, now, luckily, we have some good relationships oh, with some guys you here. You should
0: have ordered the tomahawk. Like, apparently, I should have gotten a little have, bit better uh, of a steak. Uh.
1: So, you know, again, folks, you know, the general contractor, you know, and he set us back months. You know, and ultimately, you know, there was, there was probably money that was not well spent that we had given to him, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we were able to pull it out and we, we slotted in another general contractor. The guy that we still use to this day, that's a great guy here in Texas and was wanting to expand even his business outside of Texas and did a great job, got it across the finish line, right? So it's so important to have those three relationships locked in, right? Your lender, your property management company, and your general contractor. If you've got those three people and they're all wanting to see you succeed, then you'll be all right, you know? But we had a ton of challenges on that deal and uh, ultimately it was successful. I think within 18 months, we were able to produce a 60% total return. So that's 30% annualized, folks, not bad. You know, so we we were pretty happy about that deal. Um and so you know that but those were some of the challenges that we had. So why don't you drop your challenges in the comments? Let everybody learn from some other people's mistakes, right? We talk about our challenges and our mistakes all the time. I think that's the only way that people can learn, right? We want this show to be interactive. So drop your comments and some of the stuff that you've seen or you've been in, you know, that you've had to kind of overcome and how did you overcome it, right? So moving along. Oh my gosh. We've got another meetup.
0: We've got our meetup coming up. Man, that's been Thursday.
1: quick. Woo! All right. DisruptEquity.com slash HTX meetup. Check us out February 3rd. 7 p.m. at Pitch 25 Beer Park. There's gonna be open networking. We typically get 150 to 200 people there. Um, I would say it's, it's now the largest meetup. Oh, it's know. been the largest you meetup. You know, um, and we've got a lot of great partners on it, invested agents, Sanmore Investments, are partnering with us and they got a lot of great people that come out for them too. And it's just a great event, folks. So open networking, get out from behind your keyboard and make some connections. This is a new year, it's a new you. You can do it, right? So check it out, MFM, or excuse me, DisruptEquity.com slash HTX. I was about- That I was, said, what's coming up next I month? Getting, I was getting ahead of myself here. So we can't not do a Money Mondays without talking about MFIN, the Multifamily Investor Network Conference. that's coming up February 12th. Oh my we are gosh. less
0: than a month away. I can't gonna believe be that. It's going to be awesome. We have a lot of people, a lot of good speakers. We are excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely mm-hmm. check it out. We're gonna sell out this one. So, I mean, four or five hundred people. Yes, and it's just you know gonna be a good time. If you're anybody in multifamily, you want to be at this
1: event. So, www.mfinvestornetwork.com. Put in last call as the coupon code. Get 120 dollars off until January 31st, 2022. The conference is here in Houston, February 12th. It's a one-day event. We're going to have Tom Wheelwright. We're going to have Garrett Sutton. We're going to have Robert Helms. We're going to have a ton of panels, a ton of other speakers, a lot of networking. Four or 500 people are going to be there, right? We typically do some networking on Fridays. We're going to do some networking on Saturday night too. So lots to learn, lots of connections to be made, you know, right here in Houston. Love to see you out there. So check it out. Again, mfinvestornetwork.com. Put in last call for the coupon code. And we hope to see you there. So, what are we talking about next week?
0: How to work with real estate brokers—something
1: near and dear to my heart. This guy loves that stuff. Best friends. He's going to lead this one. This guy's guy's the master at how to how to how to build secrets. Well, you're going to reveal some, all right? Not all of them, right? But we're going to we're going to break it down. How do you build rapport very very quickly and essentially be able to talk the talk and walk the walk with these guys because they can smell a newbie a mile away. Yes. So, we're looking forward to that. Next week, how to work with real estate brokers. We hope
0: you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equity's Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash flowing multifamily properties, visit DisruptEquity.com invest. Fill out your information there and you will get notified when we release our
1: next multifamily passive investment offering.